Welcome in. It is Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney here, sitting across from the AP lead film and draft analyst Kent Swanson. And with the Royal season over, we are now back every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. And then immediately after, well, you know, a couple minutes after on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, we'll do one from the podium a week if you're listening on the, the AP Podcast Network. But hello. Uh, Chiefs season in full swing, 4-0 Chiefs uh, when AP Radio starts. I think we'll take that, right? Oh, absolutely. Can we keep this music on for the entirety of the hour? Yeah. I'm digging this. Yeah, this is this is, this is is good vibe. Right I'm now. feeling this music Granted, right now. I mean, last game was a little bit scarier than the first three, but you know what? It's still good times, still an undefeated record. Only three undefeated teams in the National Football League, and the Chiefs are one of them. It wasn't an, it wasn't a pretty game. But I, I would prefer I'd prefer this cheat team to learn from their mistakes in a win than have the gut wrenching feelings of a loss. I just I, I think that's really important. Even though you know things things really didn't go great, they can't feel good about their performance. Getting a W through all that is it's it's a big deal. Four zero, great start. Well, that's the thing. I mean. You're looking at the person who predicted them to go undefeated, and I still feel that that is very possible. But, it's intact. But if you're going to win 16 games, right, or get close, you're going to have one of these games where it's and not everything's going to go you know, to a T. You're going to have to pull one out. I, I think back even to the New England Patriots when they almost did it. Uh, you had a couple games where you're like, oh, wow, the New England Patriots are going to lose, and then they figured out a way to get it done. They're going to have multiple games this year where they just don't have it. They're going to have, you know, it's it's like a pitcher that doesn't have their best stuff that night, but they're able to kind of get through it. There's going to be a couple weeks like that. They're going to get challenged with with the second, with a good secondary. He's going to challenge probably the, be the Patriots the next time. We're going to challenge them, play man coverage, uh, and they're going to have to beat it, and they're going to have to be more consistent than they were this week. And if they're not, I mean, that's, you're going you're gonna to get a few more games like that this year, and, and it's okay. It's it's a good thing. It's a good learning experience. And if you get a dub out of it, that that's all the sweeter. Let's start AP Radio with the latest in Chiefs news and the big news today. Tyreek Hill back at practice. If you haven't seen it, we tweeted out a video. There's only a certain amount of time that the media can spend at practice. But uh, if you go to our Twitter account, twitter.com slash arrowheadpride, you, you see Tyreek Hill catching two passes. Damian Williams also back to practice. The thing you need to know is that Tyreek was limited as to be expected. Damian Williams, and news that kind of gotten, was buried, uh, Williams was a full participant. So if that keeps up all week, you can bet that he'll be back after two games missed on Sunday night against the Indianapolis Colts. 7-20 uh, Arrowhead time. We'll have you for the Arrowhead Pride tailgate. Kent and I will at 5-20 p.m. on Sunday. Andy Reid did not have a lot to say when asked if Tyreek Hill and Damian Williams will be playing. We just gotta see how they do out here. I mean, I'm gonna say anything on that. <laughs> kind, of, kind of a grunt. Kind of a grunt after. It's quite a uh, quite a drop there. I'm actually okay with Tyreek Hill maybe staying off a little bit. I don't really want him. Uh, I don't want him rushing back. They don't need him to rush back. This isn't a week that you're gonna need him to right. win this game. Not even against the Texans. I the 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 games I'm really targeting. The games I really want Tyreek Hill back for. Versus the Packers at the end of this month, uh, and then the Vikings. Those two games. If he can be back, maybe at Denver, get 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 his conditioning back up the week before before the Packers game in the elevation. Get his you know get his uh you know get his conditioning up playing in get, that elevation. Get his groove back. Get his groove back. Be full go for Packers and Vikings the next two weeks. I think that's really the target for me. 
Yeah, and that's a decent point. And you look at the Colts injury report, and I think you learned better than anything that any you know any time, any given Sunday, a team can compete. But you look at the Colts injury report, and here we are on Wednesday. T.Y. Helton did not practice. Marlon Mack did not practice. Paris Campbell did not practice. They're going to be a little bit injured, too. At least some combination of those guys probably won't play in this game. So, again, I think the Chiefs can get by without Tyreek Hill. When Tyreek Hill... Uh, gets back. Patrick Patrick Mahomes doesn't believe it's going to take them too long to get back in groove. Yeah, I don't think it'll take long at all. Uh, I mean, we, we've we've worked all offseason and then obviously working in training camp and everything like that and then having the guys that we have around us, we just kind of rotate guys through and get guys reps and so I think just having him out there and being able to just pick back up where we left off will be something that'll be easy to do. And don't get me wrong, like Tyree Kill's going to put up great great numbers but what it means is okay sammy watkins demarcus robinson uh, travis kelsey have been able to perform without him but it's just going to open things up for these guys obviously the the attention that he gets uh i mean how explosive he is he obviously can take a little shovel pass and take it to the house i mean we have a lot of guys like that but he's 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 a guy that defenses have to game plan for defenses have to account for him with maybe one or two guys to try to figure out a way to stop him which helps everybody else out and so uh having him back and uh when he gets back i mean we'll be able to utilize him and these other guys uh to really expand our offense take it to another level it's gonna be harder for teams to challenge this offense you know, with man coverage, with physical man coverage, when you can't match up play, player for player. Tyree killed. This was the game. The Lions game was really the game that you kind of missed him. And the fact that they were able to get a win and out of it, regardless, being able to see what guys like McCole Hardman can do against, you know, tough man coverage against a physical team that's trying to challenge them is a good thing down the road. What I do like is, you know, in, in the games that matter, you're hoping that, you know, all these weapons are healthy because if they are, trying to be physical and man up this entire unit is going to be a challenge. And and I think that's what you're hoping for is, is when everybody's full go, it, the depth of this group's ridiculous. Speaking of McCall Hardman, I had a chance to talk to him in the locker room today. You'll hear that later on in the show. Wrapping up some of the other news, the Chiefs have filled out their practice squad spot with a defensive tackle for Mississippi State. And Mo Claiborne is back in the mix, which a lot of Chiefs fans have been waiting for and remains to be seen how much he actually participates on Sunday. Yeah, it'll be uh, be curious to see what happens with him this week. He's The Chiefs have a roster exemption, I believe, until Saturday. Saturday right. So the we Ch- talked to Chiefs PR today, and they confirmed so they can actually have 54 players going. Saturday, you'll you'll get that corresponding move. My guess is it's going to be an offensive lineman that gets taken off the active or the fifty-three man roster. They have eleven Greg, offensive probably, linemen. Probably Greg Sanat. It could be Greg Sanat. Sayonara Sanat. I would be. I, I am a little Crazy bit. I, I wonder if it's going to be a guy that's more of an interior offensive lineman because they have so much depth in along the interior. And Eric Fisher's not back. He's still not healthy. So you maybe want a little bit more tackle depth. So that's one thing to monitor, but I, I I would be stunned if it's not an offensive lineman that gets moved. Wrapping up your Chiefs news, this is the Wednesday injury report. Tyree Kill, LaShawn McCoy, and Alex Okafor all limited in practice today. The two people who didn't practice, Eric Fisher, which was to be expected. Dorian O'Daniel did not practice. Uh, the linebacker, that was a little bit of a surprise. It was a little bit of a surprise, but like I, I haven't noticed him on special teams. I haven't noticed. Obviously, hasn't haven't noticed him on defense because he hasn't played, which is Kind of surprising. This guy is not far removed from being a top 100 selection. Uh, but one of Dave Toast's... The, Num- the, number the 100. 100. The 100th pick in the draft. That's correct. Uh, I, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, he's he's one of Dave... Dave Tobe's core guys, you know, core special teamers. But beyond that, I haven't noticed him one bit. It's it's not it's not been a particularly great 
first half of uh, of his rookie contract for Dorian. He's lucky he plays special teams. And, and Absolutely. I don't know if he'd be on the roster, but you know what? That buys you a little bit of time. Maybe you can can figure out this system and get on the field before the end of it. But you got to be healthy to, to do that. The Chiefs linebacker speed has not been anything to write home about to this point. And, and Dorian O'Daniel has some lateral ability to, you know, move sideline to sideline. So the fact that he's not able to crack the, the, uh, the rotation is kind of a, it's kind of a telling about where Dorian O'Daniel is to this point. So that is your chief's news. Let's move on to the things I'm thinking about. All right. New segment for AP radio. I'm just going to kind of go into some things that have been on my mind. I think Patrick Mahomes is the ultimate Hatch-up guy. Uh, run defense can be bad. The fumbles can happen. You can lose your left tackle or, you know, your all-pro wide receiver for a couple <laughs> weeks. And what it does is it, it buys the Chiefs some time to figure it out. And, and I think Patrick Mahomes has provided that. Now, you have to figure some of these other things out. Or like Sunday, you, may, you might lose one of these games. You, I'll even add this. He's been doing it on a bum ankle. I mean, I think his ankle's improving, but a lot of the things that he's been doing, masking and patching up this team, is when he's trying to patch himself up himself. Right. And so he's still on the injury report. The reason I didn't mention him earlier is because he's a full participant. That means you're having some sort of treatment. Our injury expert, Aaron Borgman, uh, will will tell you that if if there's some type of treatment, you got to be on the injury report. Even if you're a full participant, uh, he's still still receiving treatment for that ankle, so you make a good point. Uh, one of the things, real quick, you know, it, it's kind of felt with how Mahomes has played to this point and how productive this offense is being is like Tyreek Hill kind of almost has felt like a luxury for the most part the first quarter of the season. And that's just, I mean, even in a left tackle, a, an expensive left tackle, Mahomes has made you forget that those things are happening most of the time. Yeah. And I mean, listen, Eric Fisher, you, you don't know what you yeah. have till it's gone. Uh, we miss you. We miss you. Get well. Um, <laughs> Please get well. <laughs> second thing I think, Chiefs fans aren't going to like this, but I don't care. I think that Justin Houston is going to come out on Sunday and play like an absolute madman. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be really cool to get to play against him. Uh, I mean, obviously, he was a great player for this organization for a long time. He's still a great player now. So hopefully he's not hitting me too much, but I hope I get to talk to him a little bit on the other side of the football. It might be the only game he plays well all year, <laughs> but he's going to come out with a head of steam. I just remember when Justin Houston... Uh, was talking about how Justin Hamilton needed to motivate him last year. I, I wonder if the Colts will be flying Justin Hamilton in to give Justin Houston a prep talk uh, before the game to try to get him a little yeah. bit more amped yeah. up. That uh, that remains to be seen. But yeah, this might be the one game that you know you see maximum effort from Justin Houston for an entire game. If you see Justin Hamilton in, in blue at the airport, you know, take him to Grand <laughs> Falloon or something. Last thing I think. I believe that the Chiefs are now very much like the Patriots. In that, relax, in that they are going to get every single team's best shot. Detroit Lions, over the past few years, you know, they may be better this year. They're kind of a joke, right? Absolute best shot dogfight game. This Sunday, you have T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, key players for the Colts uh, that are going to be questionable. Don't sleep on anybody anymore. I think that's what you learned on Sunday. You better be ready to get people's best game the Chiefs are never going to creep up on anyone again as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback and that's just a fact and that's okay you want that you want that test you embrace that challenge because that challenges and pushes you to continue to grow and develop every single week Andy Reid loves that I can I can promise you he loves 
the the intensity and, and wanting to get everybody's best shot because he knows that gives them the best chance of winning a Super Bowl. And hopefully the Chiefs can mimic the Patriots with the number of rings they have in the next 20 years. He's Ken Swanson. I'm Pete Sweeney. When we come back, you'll get to meet Ethan Douglas, our new AP contributor and analytics guy. We're, we're, we're moving towards analytics in the NFL, so AP now has an analytics contributor. He'll get us to He'll help us get to the bottom of what in the hell is going on with this Chiefs run defense. It's AP Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney here hanging out with Kent Swanson. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll talk to Stampede Blues' Matt Danley. He's a writer for our sister site, covers the Colts, so we'll get some early insight into Colts week leading into Sunday, Sunday night football, uh, 7.20 p.m. But right now, we are joined by the newest member of the Arrowhead Pride Army. You can find him on Twitter at Chiefs Analytics, Ethan uh, Ethan Douglas. Uh, Ethan, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing well, Pete. How are you? Good. Uh, thanks for joining us. So I just wanted to give people a glimpse, if they haven't read your, your new column for us after after each game, usually comes out on Tuesdays, called Stacking the Box Score. Can you just uh, give us a glimpse into what you've been able to accomplish so far? Yeah, absolutely. So a little background on um, the data I'm using to come out with these statistics and, and metrics for these columns. The NFL, after and during every game, if you go to nfl.com slash game center, they record the result of every single play that happens in the NFL. So you have the yard that the play happens at. You have who did what, who ran the ball, who threw the ball, where it was thrown to, um, and things of that nature. And it's all recorded on the NFL Game Center. And what someone way smarter than I am figured out how to do <laughs> is to take all that data and basically convert it into an Excel spreadsheet and make it easily analyzable. And so... so what we have now is data going back to 2009 where we can look at every single play that's happened, every single down in the NFL, um, and figure out, you know, some different statistics that go along with that. So I've used that data to take a look at the Chiefs, um, and I've been doing that primarily for my Twitter account, at Chiefs Analytics, um, and recently joined Arrowhead Pride. And right. I've been writing a, a weekly column called Stacking the Box Score where I take a advanced analytics look at what happened in the Chiefs' most recent matchup. Yeah, you could go right now onto arrowheadpride.com and take a peek. Uh, when it comes to this year's Chiefs, what are some of the things you've been able to learn that maybe you you wouldn't have had there not been this available data? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the one of the most recent things I looked at um, is fourth down success. And so watching the Detroit game, I realized, I wasn't at all worried in our last fourth and eight when, when Mahomes scrambled for the first down that he would convert that. Um, and I wanted to see if the data supported that, but I shouldn't be worried about Mahomes on fourth downs. So I went back, <laughs> again, looking over the past decade and found all QBs and how well they do on fourth down and found that Mahomes was actually the best um, of any QB since 2009 on fourth down and on third and long. So it's not just fourth down, but he's been the best in the league on fourth down and third and long. Um, across the NFL, so Mahomes is good. <laughs> One thing that I I noticed in your in your article this week, and, and Kent and I had just touched upon it, but just Cam Irving's side when it comes to running the football, there is data right now that says Chiefs are a little bit weaker when they're going to that left side. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the cool things about this data is we can see where the Chiefs are running the ball, and 
when we look into the left side, they're averaging far less expected points per play. So they become far less likely to score after running to the left side than they do the right side. And hopefully that's fixed when Eric Fisher comes back. Now, flipping flipping the switch, and, and this seems to be people's latest concern, it had been the cornerback position, but something is distracting them, <laughs> and that is the run defense. Uh, the drives BK and unveiled the other day on Twitter that this is one of the worst run defenses through four weeks uh, in NFL history. What have you been able to note uh, when it comes to that? Yeah, so one thing with traditional metrics is a lot of people use yards per game or yards per carry, and that's not the best way to look at the run defense because – if it's, say, third and 20, we don't care if we give up a third and 18 run. Right. And so when you look at better metrics, unfortunately the Chiefs defense, run defense still sucks. <laughs> We're about the fourth, fourth worst defense in the NFL. But I would just like to point out, run defense might not be as important as people think. Um, when you look at the four units of the team, not counting special teams, so pass offense, pass defense, rush offense, run defense, Run defense is definitely the least important when it comes to predicting how good a team will be. Um, and it's far less important than pass defense when it comes to predicting how good a defense will be. So while our defense is bad, our run defense is bad, I don't think it's too much cause for concern. All good insight. His name is Ethan Douglas. You can catch his work now on arrowheadpride.com. Follow him on Twitter at Chiefs Analytics. Good stuff, Ethan. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. So from Ethan uh, and and really the data room, I would say we got to come up with a name for it because we have something called the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory. So we go from the data to the film, and with that we welcome in Craig Stout. Uh, Craig, you just heard some of our conversation when it comes to the analytics and, and the numbers from a film standpoint. What are you seeing when it comes to this run defense? Oh my goodness, it's bad. Uh, I'm with Ethan. It's still not good. It's just it's really, really bad. The linebackers are slow. The defensive linemen, particularly the interior defensive linemen, are getting a little bit blown off the ball. They're not holding their run, you know, the run responsibilities or gap discipline very well yet. And then, surprising to me, Alex Okafor, a guy who's been pretty good against the run in the past, is really not been very good against the run this year. With all the attention paid to Frank Clark and Frank Clark over there on one side of the defense, offenses are going to that opposite side, and Alex Okafor just hasn't been particularly good so far. Yeah, and a lot of people are focusing on, on Frank Clark more so because of the lack, I think, of sacks, pressures, so on and so forth. But when it comes to run defense, from what you're seeing on the film, Clark's doing okay there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Frank Clark, one of the things that he does consistently is set a good, hard edge. Now, a lot of times an offense will run over there and they'll still gain, you know, eight or nine yards, but Clark does his job. Clark will set an edge. Clark will force the running back back into the teeth of the defense, but maybe a linebacker doesn't fill that gap, or maybe there's a defensive lineman on the interior there that gets blown out of the gap or sealed out of it. Yeah, these guys just on the interior aren't quite holding up there into the deal. That doesn't mean Clark's been perfect. He hasn't been perfect against the run game, but he's been probably the most consistent run defender of the entire Chiefs front set. Craig, you mentioned the linebackers, uh, and it seems like they've had some issues working sideline to sideline. How big of an issue are the linebackers right now for this defense in the run game? It really is a big deal. I think we saw the Baltimore Ravens really kind of put the game plan out there for teams coming up against it, a little bit with the Raiders, not so much with the Jaguars, but 
teams running stretch plays, teams trying to run to the outside and forcing the Chiefs linebackers to have to chase to the sidelines. Now, against Detroit, Steve Spagnuolo actually tried to counter that because the Lions started with some stretch runs, tried to counter that by aligning the linebackers with a little bit more of an overhang on the defensive end. Well, that just left on Johnson the ability to cut back inside. We saw a lot of interior runs that happened there. Steve Spagnuolo is trying to come up with a good way to put these linebackers on the field to help them get to the spots that they need to be. But teams are really kind of keying off of that as well, and uh, the Lions really took advantage of it this week. Craig, what's your concern level? And granted, he he didn't start practicing the week as he deals with an ankle injury, but for Marlon Mack and all all that the Colts can possibly do here. Uh, The Colts will hand off to Marlon Mack a ton. I think that's kind of the same concern that we saw going into this Detroit game last weekend. We knew that even though their yards per carry wasn't very high, they were still feeding on Johnson the ball a lot. They were giving him lots and lots and lots of carries. They've been giving Marlon Mack a lot of carries as well. That's a little bit scary for anybody that's worried about the Chiefs' run defense, especially since Jacoby Brissett can move. He's a little bit more mobile. That's a guy that's going to be a little bit more dangerous to the Chiefs' defense. Talking in the AP laboratory with our defensive film analyst, Craig Stout, this really only becomes an issue in a game like Sunday's because it's back and forth, right? I mean, you this wasn't as much a concern. I know it sounds obvious, but this wasn't as much of a concern when Patrick Mahomes and, and the offense were scoring at will. No, no, not at all. And one of the things that I'm kind of charting as I'm going through here is comparing eight yards per carry four teams when, you know, playing the Chiefs versus their season long and maybe without the Chiefs in there, kind of comparing how they're doing against other teams. The way that Detroit played, their yards per carry was about the same over what, you know, the Chiefs gave up more yards per carry to Oakland, basically. And that game was out of reach. We knew that thing was over well into, you know, the second quarter. So it really just kind of matters when the Chiefs offense isn't getting the ball moving. Teams get, you know, teams want to throw. Teams want to throw to try and keep up with Patrick Mahomes. So then the pass defense becomes significantly more important. That's good stuff, good insight. So we got the numbers and, and then the, some of the, the film data from our Arrowhead Pride defensive film analyst, Craig Stout. You can catch his work at ArrowheadPride.com. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Pete. What's your concern level, Kent, right now about this run defense problem? So I, as far as execution, it's it's pretty low. It's probably, you know, I've, I've got a, a pretty high. I've got a, you know, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 concern with the run defense. But to the uh, – 8 out of 10 is high. That's a high, high number. I'm, I'm concerned. 80%. But to Ethan's point, how valuable is your run defense compared to the other elements of the football game, especially with Patrick Mahomes challenging down the field? Yeah, I, I think that's that's what I worry about. And, and if you ask the team, and we'll hear from defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo tomorrow, you know, I have all that stuff at AP. Um, what he says and then what Andy Reid continues to say is as the weeks goes on, it, it, it will get better because of the cohesiveness and, and, and that. But at some point here, you got to see some progress. I do. I, I I do agree with that statement. I also think there's there's two things I think this defense can do to just drastically improve across the board. One of them is better technique tackling. I think you you've the Chiefs have been in decent position a lot of the time, but they just haven't been able to finish and execute. That's not just with the run game. They've missed some sacks. I think Frank Clark's missed two sacks already to this point. 
Uh, the other thing is they gotta they gotta come away and execute some. You know, they they've gotta come away with the ball, and they keep making plays on the ball or being in position to make a play on the ball, especially the corners, and they can't finish. Those two things happen. This defense just across the board makes drastic improvements, both in the run D and just in general. Turnovers make the world go around. We hope we see some more for the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday night. When we come back, we'll go into the mind of Matt Donnelly, writer for Stampede Blue, and see what he has to say about Justin Houston, what happened with the Colts and their loss to the Raiders, and we'll also play our interview from today. I spoke to wide receiver McCole Hardman in the Chiefs locker room. That's all next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Kent Swanson. And we are bringing you to 7 o'clock. That's when Bink at Night takes over. Um, special guest to start the show, Pete Sweeney. Uh, <laughs> wants me to stay over uh, and, and talk a little Tyree Kill, so I'll be staying a little bit why past would, the hour. Why would Bink book that guy? Come on. I don't know. A real jackass. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, I spoke to McCole Hardman in, in the locker room today. It was, it was a good little look into how his... First four weeks have gone, but right now we'd like to welcome in Matt from Stampede Blue. Uh, and Matt, uh, you face uh, the Kansas City Chiefs on, on Sunday, coming off uh, a surprising loss, I would think, to to uh, the Oakland Raiders. Just what, what what's your take on, on what happened in that game? Well, I mean, you know, the injuries are real. They, they yeah. seem to be at all levels of the Colts' defense, so that certainly didn't help. Uh, but you know, Ty Hilton out of the lineup, that was a big that was a big loss as well. And plus, some of the other receivers, you know, they're not stepping up. Offensive line had a bad game. It was about as bad as you could expect, I think, on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, Brissett came back later in the game and started to play some good football, but that was far too little, too late. They just couldn't string a whole lot together. From afar, it seems like there's some storylines in Indy right now when it comes to Hilton. That because next week is the Colts' bye week. They may end up leaving him out of the lineup just to be safe and just for the bigger goals of the season. What's your gauge on the the situation as far as Hilton playing in this game on Sunday night? I, well, I wish I knew better because he didn't practice today either. So I mean, it's it kind of a you know, Ty's been one of those guys on the injury report that occasionally won't practice a couple days out of the week and then he'll come back and just be even limited, you know, on Friday. But they'll they'll play. He's not a guy that sits out very many games. So I, I would presume if he can play at all and yeah. he feels like he can do something and, and not re-injure himself, he'll play. But it, it's too, it's far too early to tell right now. The Colts, the only one they got back today was Darius Leonard, which is great news. But he was he himself was only limited, and he's been out of the concussion uh, protocol now. So that's kind of it's that's still up in the air even as well. Uh, if Ty gets the opportunity, he's going to play. But at the same time, you make a good point. You know it's this doesn't seem to be uh, – I, I just about guarantee you don't know anybody picking the Colts to win this game. Right. So if that's the case and if, you know, Reich for some reason puts aside his we're going to win every single game mentality just to save T.Y., then that makes sense. But I don't I, – yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if that's going to happen. Matt, is there anyone trending in the right direction from an injury perspective outside of T.Y. Hilton that you expect might be able to play this week? Well, like I said, it was Darius Leonard, but you know how the concussion pro- protocol right, goes. Right. That, that's hit or miss. Even if the guy is limited or full practice, you know, just whatever. They have so many things they have to go through to get to get right to be able to play. 
Um, like I said, far too early to tell. It's Wednesday. Uh, it was obviously Hooker's not going to be playing. You know, and then you've got a lot of other guys on there. Tyquan Lewis, who, in my opinion, is probably one of the better run stoppers in the Colts' interior defense, and that's a big one. If he comes back, and the Colts somehow can get Darius Leonard to to be back, or the Colts can get their linebackers uh, in, in better shape than they were this past week, then I think that the Colts can at least keep it competitive. It, it, it really is a struggle to not have Tyquan Lewis in there because not only is he one of the better run stoppers, but he, I mean, and, and this is the Chiefs. So the Colts need some pressure, and he's the one, if anybody, that's really the only one creating it. I can hear in your voice a little bit. There obviously is some concern with the injuries headed into his game, with the Chiefs playing, you know, so well offensively. Uh, I, I know that Andrew Luck had to to have been a, a a a terrible surprise when it comes to your football fandom. But in your estimation, through the first four weeks, how has Brissett looked? Does he have a, a chance to to stay with Mahomes on Sunday night? Well, it, it, it can't be it can't be a track meet. There's just no way because Brissett requires so many other things right now for him to get kind of in his own you know his own skin for the game. In my opinion, he's still you know he's shown that he can play. He's doing well right now. Ten ten tutties and, and only two picks. Not great in the yardage. He, he's not you know one of those guys that's ten point accuracy right now. He needs those few throws uh, at the beginning for his first five six throws. He needs those to get his confidence and his accuracy up, in my opinion. If he starts bad this, like this past week, it's awful hard to get him turned around. Halftime was really the only thing that, that did that for him, in my opinion. He needs to take a complete break. So I, I love the way Brissett's played so far for him. Uh, I think that he's a guy who has uh, a much higher ceiling than a lot of people think. I just think it's going to take him a while longer to get there for some reason. He just doesn't seem to be a guy who stacks good games on good games quite yet. At least we don't know that to be him. And he can't get into a track meet, like I said. And Frank Reich knows that. Frank's going to have to take as much time off the clock with Jacoby in there in order not only to help his defense, but to make, just plain and simple, to keep Mahomes off the field. You know, so I don't think that that would be any sort of a case. I think that the Colts really have to make a lot of plays in this game and have to have almost a dominant performance. Uh, to keep this within, you know, three to seven points. That's Matt from, from stampedeblue.com. You can catch his stuff there. They do outstanding work covering the Indianapolis Colts, the Kansas City Chiefs opponent uh, on Sunday. Catch his stuff on Twitter at M-D-A-N-E-L-Y-S-B. Uh, it's his stuff on Twitter. Matt, we appreciate the look. Hey, anytime. Thanks, folks. There you go. Not not confident right now. No, and one thing that you, the Chiefs kind of seem to be trending in the right direction with some of their injuries, and it doesn't seem like the Colts are in that same boat. You know, the Chiefs get Damian Williams back this week. Tyreek Hill's starting to get better. They're kind of starting to get to full strength, and boy, the Colts doesn't sound it doesn't sound overly optimistic it, about them getting back some of their key players. You know, he's a good writer and a podcaster for SB Nation very passionate about the Colts. You can hear in his voice just they they almost it almost sounded like their fan base and those those reporters think there's literally no chance uh the Colts win this football game. On and be- I believe this is the biggest uh the Chiefs are the heaviest favorites that they've been to this point this season. I think I've seen it 11 point line, which is bigger than any I think any line that they've had to this point. They'll have to deal with the Chiefs' offense on Sunday. One of the pleasant surprises of the Chiefs' offense this year has been the progress of McCole Hardman, 
Not as great a game last week, but a surprise in the sense that he's been a contributor, I think, way sooner than probably we all all thought he would be. I had a chance to talk to McCole Hardman in the locker room earlier today. Here's McCole. Um, I think everything's been good. Um, I think I've been learning a lot. Um, I think I've been doing my, my job, my role that I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I think I've been, like I said, just been learning and, and just, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity, you know, and just get better as, as the time goes. Behind the scenes, how has he been able to guide you uh, along the way? I mean, you know, just being himself, man, being a leader, you know. You know he's a leader in the receiver room, you know, uh, he's a vet. So, you know, he always, you know, put his input in what he feel, what he think, you know, I should do or things that he'll do in different situations. I mean, he always just, you know, giving input and uh, and advice, you know, and um, I use that in the game and in practice and, and just go from there. So Being a rookie and a second rounder, how fortunate now that you've gotten to play with him do you feel that Mahomes is your, your quarterback? I feel good. You know, I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Um, I don't think he won MVP for nothing. Um, he's a great, he a great leader. You know, um, he has great greatness out of all of us, all, the, all his players, all the people on offense, and um, and he leads by example. So I think I'm, I'm happy to have him as a quarterback, and um, I'm just looking forward to be with him um, for years to come. So now that you've had four weeks of tape and can kind of go over it with Greg Lewis and, and break things down, how have you even grown just in these four weeks? I think, you know, just different looks. Um, I think I'm getting out the line better now. Um, I think I'm more comfortable on the outside, you know, rather than the slot. Um, I think I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I think most teams um, seeing that, you know, my ability, you know, to, you know, do different things than other receivers that they face against, you know. I think I got a, um, like, a, you know, a rat skill, skill set. So I think um, I've just been learning, man, and, and just, just going from there. So I'm just trying to get better. Why do you think you're more comfortable on the outside? Um, I'm saying, like, I'm getting more comfortable, you know. Okay. Yeah, cause I, I played side in college, so you know I just like it's easy, you know. But more just being pressed on the outside, actually, you know, running routes and you know, or, or getting out press or you know, um, get, getting separation. I think I'm just getting more comfortable and comfortable, and um, my releases are getting better. So, what should more people know about your story in Kansas City? I think I always was been here. I think everybody knew I was going to be here, so I don't know the interest. Of fact, I mean, interest that I always want to play defense. You know, I always want to be a DB and um, try to be like a Deion Sanders or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And return punts like Devin Hester. So, like, I always like wanted to play defense, and now I'm like, dude, I'm an offense. You, you, know? you think you made the right call with the other? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I did right. I think I can still. I think I stick a lot down. You know what I'm saying? So, but now nah, I think I'm comfortable on offense more, and um, it's definitely a better fit for me. I mean, did, did we just solve the Chiefs' problem? Was, are we sure that we don't want to just see what McCall Hartman can do at corner right now? Reinsert Tyreek Hill on <laughs> offense. CB2, McCall Hartman on defense. Can we just maybe just try to make him a, a, a both side of the ball player? I do have to say, by the way, I, I set that up pretty poorly. We were talking about Tyreek Hill at the beginning and how he's been a guiding light, uh, even though while injured. And, and it's good, good, good for McCall. I mean, he's become a contributor. Yeah. And uh, if he wants to be a two-way player, I think maybe the Chiefs should be open to that. We, at this point, yes. It sounds like Jalen Ramsey's off the, off the table. Uh, they they need help at corner and doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. So, When we come back, uh, we'll, we'll go into what the national heads are, are saying about your Chiefs this week. Plus, let's, let's hear from you. You can text us at 69306, the Protein House. Eat with a Purpose text line or tweet to Arrowhead Pride. We'll read some of your tweets and your texts leading into to Bink at Night. And also, Kent will make his Survivor pick. So a lot, lot still to come here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Wrapping up Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney here hanging out with Kent Swanson, Kramer Sansone behind the glass, pushing all the right buttons. And we are leading into Bink at Night coming up at 7. Bink talking football. Weather's about to dip. Shocked. I'm shocked it's, it's talking colder. Uh, right now, 
we are going to go around the nation and see what national analysts are saying about your Chiefs. Uh, and we'll start with Fox Sports 1 and, and an old friend. I think you remember this voice. Very fortunate. And by the way, shout out to the refs for learning their lesson from the Saints game this year where against the Rams. Not blowing the whistle. They didn't blow the whistle. <laughs> yeah. It looked like the Lions might have had a touchdown. Maybe he was stopped. Ball gets jarred loose. Bashad Breeland picks it yep. up, realizes no whistle, no one's chasing me, and goes and scores a 99-yard touchdown. That was the swing play of the game. But despite that, Stafford drove him down the field, takes the lead with two and a half minutes left, and then Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things. And this is the level we're now at with Patrick Mahomes. He has 315 yards passing, 50 yards rushing, the key play on fourth down. I watched last night, he was not the player of the game on any station, any person, any anywhere. You go on the road against an undefeated team, lead a, two, lead a comeback, fourth quarter comeback in the final two minutes where you face a fourth and eight and you rush for the first down. You have no turnovers in a game that had a combined, I think, seven turn, six turnovers, and it's considered a down game. And it was. Like, that is the standard we now have. But for Kansas City, if Chris is right, and I think he likely is, that the, the Patriots are staring at a 13-3 and season at worst, probably a 14-2 and year, you better keep pace. And so finding ways to steal games like this where you don't play great, where you do turn the ball over three times on your own, those are what, to me, great teams find a way to win this game. And I think this Chiefs team is a great team. Fox Sports 1's Nick Wright. I think he nailed it on the head in that... The great thing that you saw Sunday is the Chiefs can play bad and still manage to win. And I just, you know, you only have so many of those, but it's good that you have that in your pocket. The other thing I liked about that is he kind of acknowledged how normalized everything about Patrick Mahomes is to this point. We're only 21 games in, and he's just going out and, you know, he's normalizing spectacular and exceptional things like just coming back to beat a undefeated football team in their stadium you know, with two minutes left, thing like it's it's absurd. It's he's normalized rarity. You know, it's 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 crazy. We're used to outstanding football every week, and it's and it's been it's spoiled, spoiled and, rotten. And and you know what? The, the wild thing is because he's so young for even this progress. You're looking at if you go by the Tom Brady scale, probably another 19 years of this. And he's still trending up. Let's go to ESPN. <laughs> this is Stevens. A-list, my top five teams in the NFL after week four. My list, not Marcus, not Max, not Molly. This is my list, damn it. Listen up and listen good. So he went, Stephen A. Smith of ESPN, with the Bears, Cowboys, Saints, New England, Patriots at number two. That was the whole drop. Wait, no. The Bears, the Cowboys, the Saints, New England, Patriots at number two. They ain't number one, no. We know who that is. Give it to me. The Chiefs. Wow. Patrick Mahomes. That's why. It's a pretty good order. I think the Patriots defense puts them number one. Are the Chiefs the number one team in the league right now? I think so. I know the Patriots. How could that be, though? The Patriots are playing a Division II schedule. Right. And I'm not look, I I'm gonna be banging this drum and I don't care. It's it's I'm probably gonna wind up eating these words. Tom Brady's 42 years old. He's going to be sustaining 16 games worth of hits over the course of the season. He's going to, it, it's going to be a challenge for him to sustain, sustain success in December and January. I think Patrick Mahomes is, is still trending upward. I don't, I think he, I, he's not even healthy right now. Good luck. This team, I think, is the favorite to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. The Chiefs! Wow! Patrick Mahomes! <laughs> that's why! 
We'll keep it with ESPN. This was from ESPN's Get Up, Mike Greenberg. We're a quarter of the way through the NFL season, and Patrick Mahomes, well, what can you say? He's ridiculous. Uh, the Chiefs are 4-0, and he's just been unbelievable. So no surprise after this hard start to the season that Mahomes is the clear favorite to win this year's MVP award again, according to Caesars Sportsbook. He won it a year ago. Tom Brady and Dak Prescott are second behind Mahomes at 9-1. to one. Of course, there's a lot of time between now and when this decision gets made. One to two odds to be the MVP after four weeks. The next two are 9-1. to one. Those are still too high. He's, they are the, too low. He's the entire odds on that one. Buy it while you can, folks. <laughs> those are terrible odds. That's the bet you don't make because the odds are so bad. Uh, those are your... Uh, takes around the nation about your Chiefs. Coming up in just a second or two, we'll read some of your texts and your tweets. 69306, Protein House, E with a purpose text line. But right now, Kent, you are up to make your survivor pick. Who are you going with this week? The second best football or t- football team in the National Football League, the New England Patriots. I, uh, I'm i going to go with them. They're 15.5-point favorites against uh, the Washington Redskins, who we don't know who their quarterback is to this never, point. Never a bad no. Idea to go with the New England. I've Patriots. held I've held on to the Patriots for this long. I'm just gonna I'm gonna invoke New England right now. I lost last week. I got a little cocky. I went away from the Dolphins. I picked the Los Angeles Rams uh, to beat Ugh. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yikes! Ended up being a terrible decision. I I bought into Sean McVay, and, and you know what? The Rams kind of low key stink right now. Pete, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have ruined both of our survivor leagues because I picked the the Bucks to lose to the Panthers in Week Two. Bruce Arians in the dumb hat. Uh, the survivor <laughs> picks are made tomorrow, 9 a.m. for Fesco in the morning, uh, 10.45 and Show and Vern. They'll make their picks. Of course, Pete's pick at 10.45. And then 4.45 on the drive, you'll get a pick from Sean Levine and Brandon Kiley. Uh, now it's time to, to read some of the thoughts that you guys have. Uh, so here we go. Can you talk about Mo Claiborne? What are we expecting for him on Sunday? I don't think you should be expecting too much from Mo Claiborne. Let him get his feet underneath him. He hasn't been active for a few weeks. He hasn't hit anyone in over a month. I believe he played a little bit of week four of the preseason. Let him get his feet wet. Get ready for some of the bigger games down the road, like the Green Bay Packers, the first big challenge or the next big challenge that this team really has. This was something I, I had to ask Sam Madison because I was wondering. We got him last week, and Madison said it may take him a few weeks to get in the mix here. Uh, I think you're looking at at week six or, or week seven. Uh, so it remains to be seen. Six nine three zero six. If you want to get at us, Kent, you can answer this question. You, you dive into that offensive film every week. Was it just me, or was Sammy Watkins stopping on routes where Pat was scrambling and not helping with downfield blocking? If so, are we seeing his return to average? Your I boy, Sammy! I didn't see a ton of that, uh, but I think it's something worth monitoring. It did look like he was limping a little bit. and if, if he was taking off some of those plays, I didn't really see it, but, you know, if it could just be that, you know, some of the injury concerns are returning because he's kind of been a little bit beat up. He might be trying to just survive some of these games to this point, so... We'll see. Hopefully when Tyreek gets back, he can help keep his legs fresh. I was back on Sammy Watkins when he dropped the 192. Uh, I, I think he can do that again. I, I saw something there. I, I just hope that we're not seeing. I saw like a little limp this game, and, and he's supposed to be healthier than ever. Let's just let's just keep it up, Sammy. But at the same time, he's still having a productive season. Like, yeah. let's even, even the last three weeks, it hasn't been just scorched earth, but it's still been really solid performance. He's had... Do you think I'm going to start the Sammy Watkins argument on, on right now on a Wednesday night? I'm in a good mood. No. And I, but I will, I will fight you. 
if, if we need to. Let's if move need on be. then. Kent and Pete, the run defense is trash. If Casey can only add one starter before the trade deadline, should they consider an inside linebacker over a cornerback from Larry? Shout out to my guy, Larry in DC. It's a cornerback 100%. It's it's cover players are going to matter more if we, when the games get tighter when when the games get more important they need more cornerback help there's no doubt about it. Do you guys think Brady will go out like Favre on an injury? Oh, maybe I'm not I'm not wishing that I'm not wishing that that's not how I want this to happen. I want to, I want Pat to beat him. But I, I want it to be like a, a loser leaves town match. Six nine three zero six last chance to get something in. I hope not either. I. I I think if you're a Chiefs fan, and I can't take credit for this take because it was originally Ron uh, on, on the midday, you want to you want to beat Tom Brady if you're Pat at his best. Yeah. And again, you're not going to get prime Tom Brady. I think there is a slight, slight, slight decline, but you still want him vying for a Super Bowl, and you want to beat him uh, on hopefully your own turf. It'd be a cool passing of the torch moment to see Mahomes end the Patriot dynasty. <laughs> this from the text line, Pete. Do you miss hating on Eric Berry from Mike Wickett? Eric Berry doesn't have a team. I miss Mike Wickett right now. Oh, come on, you don't miss Mike Wickett. Come on, I, I, I like, I like. I mean, he's dunking on you, Pete. Of course, I miss. I him. like seeing Mike Wickett. I mean, he had a lot of takes uh, about Baker Mayfield last year. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of hot take. Baker Mayfield was a hot, a hot topic uh, for our boy Mike Wickett. Uh, he had a tough night last night. I believe he's a big Brewers fan. Oh. I'm sorry, buddy. We're still dealing with I know. Lorenzo King got a hit in the ninth. I mean, he was doing his job. Well, that'll do it. Uh, AP Radio, we're leading into Bink at Night. I just want to thank uh, McCole Hardman, Matt Danley, Ethan Douglas, great Craig Stout, uh, Kramer Sansom uh, behind the glass. Uh, I'm going to stick with Bink for a little bit, uh, but this has been a great edition uh, of AP Radio. Keep it locked in at arrowheadpride.com for all uh, of your Chiefs news. And we're leading into what will be the Arrowhead Pride tailgate coming up at 5.20 p.m. on Sunday. Kent and I will rejoin you then. Until then, we'll see you. Arrowhead Pride Radio.